Welcome into another episode of Mic'd Up with Mellow and Big Country, brought to you by Mid America RV. Why work from home in your office could be in Yellowstone. 2022 will be the year to rediscover the outdoors. Mid America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, teardrops, and toy haulers. They have the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work getaways, and family vacations are all better in an RV from Mid America RV. Experience travel like you never have before. Find out more at midamericarv.com. Happy Thursday. Uh, what, Taco Thursday? Taco Thursday. Thirsty Thursday. Uh, thinking out loud Thursday. We've got something for every day of the week here. I mic'd up. Um, I will say, let's get started here. Thank you for joining us today a little bit earlier than usual. I don't know why. Somebody thought it was a good idea to have me come speak to a group of youths, but well, I have to are. do that early, uh, later today. Uh, that'll be exciting to be back in uh, my old building where I used to teach. The old stomping ground. This is my first return since I've left. Really? Uh-huh. Are you just going to walk through and be like, oh, I miss these walls? I even asked him, I was like, hey, do I have to like actually go through the process of like checking in at the office and all that other bullshit? And they're like... Yeah, you actually do now. Like, but do I? Do I though? I do. I do have to do that. Are you going to go look at your old your old classroom or anything like that? I'll probably take a peek. Yeah, I'll take a peek. See what's up there. I helped out last year with a project uh, that they did, but I mean, even up till last year, everything was still online. So it's like, yeah, just zoom in and help do it that way. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're doing like some podcasting. And as people mentioned yesterday, if you listen to the end of the show, maybe today just mention the fact that I do local radio. Yep. We'll see what happens. We will see. If not, if they're listening to the podcast, what's up? Thanks for listening. <laughs> Glad you're here. Uh, uh, tell by the this truth, point, Thursday, I've already had one student tell me he was going to see me tomorrow. I was like, how do, you, how do you know this? Who told you? Listens to the podcast. Shout out, Brayden. <laughs> Probably not all that to be doing this. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Braden? <laughs> that, that's cool. Uh, see you later, I guess. Uh, but it will be cool to be back doing that. We do thank you guys for changing up your schedule, too. And um, Big Country, you had one hell of a night. Yeah, I, I did. Uh, I had a good night. I had a dinner and was driving home. And then all of a sudden, everyone just starts tweeting some creepy-ass shit to me. And I was like, all right, cool. Like, Let's have some fun. Like, Kind of playing along with it, enjoying it. And then it was like... Hey, you have a new follower. And when I opened that up, I had just gotten back inside and was sitting on my couch. And it was like, Jonas is the follower. And I was like, here we go. One profile picture kind of creeped me out a little bit. But I will say before we go any further, you absolutely stunned me when I said, I oh, going to the couch or whatnot or like, oh, no, not going yeah, to you're bed. Like, can't go to bed now. <laughs> I was like, stay here and watch Ozark. And you go. <laughs> Like, that mf can't follow you to the couch. And I was like, I never thought. Like, I just <laughs> always just, like, stationary. Ghosts are stationary. They can't move anywhere else on the house. That's the Like, I understand you. that they can, but it was just, like, such a mindfuck of, like, this ghost is like, oh, where are we going next? It's just, like, walking behind me down right. the hall. Creepy as hell to think about. Yeah, I don't think it's just, like, stuck in your bedroom to be like, ah, shit, like, he's in another room. I guess I'll fuck with him later. I'm going to read a book until he comes in here. <laughs> yeah, I'll just sharpen my knife. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> right, don't mind me. Just sitting on the floor at the corner of the foot of your bed here. Um, but it, it was it was a lot of fun last night. Even our guy Sylvester in the chat today told my boss, give me five minutes. I need to check a podcast to see if someone is alive. We're both alive <laughs> for now. Well, we're both here. I'm alive. Not, you know, I watched that movie I'm not Sixth well Sense rested. when I was younger. That no movie spoilers, messed me up, too. At the time, I thought that was the best movie I'd ever seen. It was pretty good. I used to think it was a really scary movie, so I never watched it. And one day, I was just like, you know what? We're going to be a man, and we're going to watch this. <laughs> Nothing scary happened. How old were you? <laughs> <laughs> 24. <laughs> <laughs> I watched that movie in the sixth grade. <laughs> yeah, well, congrats. Good for you. Super happy for Again, you. Again, 12 years old. I had a job. I had responsibilities. <laughs> yeah. I had to get a fucking alarm clock so that I could wake up on time. Uh, it was fun, though. It's always nice to, to get involved with people in, a, in the chat, especially last night. It was Twitter. Uh, a bunch of us tweeting back and forth at one another. Um, you can get a lot of that same banter right here 
in the chat, just dropping your comments, your funny little jokes, and everything that you have to say. We really appreciate that, and you can get that right here in the call-in app, usually at 10 a.m. Central Time every weekday. Today, uh, it was a little bit earlier, though. Uh, you did you strolled in today, like, uh, borderline grumpy. <laughs> yeah, Easy, I'm tired. You're like, good morning. <laughs> Not even today. I was like, um... Good morning, I, I guess. Well, I, I told you off air, but now that we're here, not last night, but the night before, I guess a pretty good storm rolled in through Joplin, or I realized it after I woke up. But I'm dead asleep, and I got this Wi-Fi light. If you've been following me on Twitter, listening to the show, you understand I was struggling with it. But I have it down packed now where it's on a schedule to where the light will turn on, and then my alarm will go off 15 minutes later. So when my alarm goes off, I wake up, my room's already lit up, and it's like, okay, boom, here we go. Great start to the day. But the other night, it was like the power went out, but I had everything off. And I woke up to like a big flash because like everything in my room turned on, it turned off, and then it just stayed back on. And I was like, uh, okay, that's super odd. So I had to walk around that my whole apartment like to me. and turn everything off and then turn it or like, yeah, turn it off, on, and then off again because everything had stayed on with the switches being on off. So it kind of freaked me out a little bit in that sense. And then it was just the whole feeling of like, I am not alone in this room. <laughs> And it was just really messed with me. And I'm not just saying it to, like, make this up. Like, I legitimately, the last couple nights, have just been, like, very uncomfortable going to sleep. And I don't know why. Because I've been fine about the whole year and a half I've been there. So over the, then last night, I had this weird-ass dream. And it was one of those dreams that just seems so real that you can't get out of it. And then when you wake up, you're just like, oh, thank God. Like, that was not real. Because I was like, just messed up. Like, just very scary. And then it was just like this clicking sound was going on in my room. And I couldn't figure out where it was coming from. And then I didn't want to, like, pull my covers. It had kind of, like, fallen down my body a little bit. And I wasn't about to do the whole big pull-up because someone sent, I think it was Jonas's Twitter account last night, sent that gif of, like, lifting the blanket and that ghost or demon or whatever comes up underneath it. And I was like, never thought about that being a possibility either. So that freaked me out a little bit. And so just laying in your room in the dark, but you're scared to open your eyes and you hear clicking and you don't want to pull the covers. It's just I remember that when I was 10, yes. As a 26-year-old man, it's just like, why the fuck? is this bothering me, but it is. And then I just struggle to fall back asleep. So I just, that's why I don't like this scary stuff. Cause I can't get it out of my head. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, can't stop visualizing it and thinking about it. I think it was Brooks mentioned it last night. Do you remember why this, all of this started? Yeah. Cause your you're fault. April fool's joke. Tried to give you a nice little playful April fool's joke. They're like, Oh, the chiefs might be moving to Mexico city. And you're like, didn't even believe it. Don't care. And then you said, and this is what did it. I expected more from you, and yeah. that that hit hard. And I was like, "Oh, now, now I need to go bigger." And I did. I set set an alarm for like twelve thirty at night. Sent you a text message that I'd had a terrible dream, and like just checking on you to make sure you're safe. This whole Jonas story that we've been talking about, and that's how it all started. Even as an April Fool's joke, you know it was a joke. You know it didn't really happen. <laughs> We're here a month and a half later, and it's still bothering you. <laughs> Little fuckers at the end of my bed. <laughs> right? Well, it's just like the possibility of it not being a joke, I guess, is what's scary. <laughs> like, I have a hard time just, like, shutting that out. Like, just, pfft, nope. I wake up thirsty, throat dry. I'm building up saliva in my mouth. That'll be my gulp of water there. I'm not getting up and walking across that apartment. Even though I've told you it's 100% joke, still. Well, yeah, because when I walked in my apartment, there's, like, my laundry room door will be open, and it's like, I forgot that I left it open. I'm like, who's there? And it's like, oh, fucking big-ass door. It's probably all those doors you open. You're a big open doors guy. Well, yeah, and you know you what it like really is? You know, you started the joke of Jonas, and then you did the Ouija board. <laughs> That's what it was. This is more than just Jonas. This is whatever else is fucking just roaming about. Do your little internet Ouija board thing that you brought over to my side of the office. And they started asking me questions, and I reluctantly at some point was just like, huh, what about this question? And I was like, fuck. Opened it right on up. I, yeah. I don't necessarily believe in that kind of stuff. Oh, I 100% do. Like, and I know everyone's aware of that. I 100% believe. Like, if you try to do any of that demonic stuff, you just go ahead and open a door and say, come on in, bub. Like, the price is right. Come on down. You're, this is you. Here's your opportunity. I forget what they're freaking and since I don't is. believe in it, I like to mess with you and just, like, mention it all the time. Or, like, the opening doors themes. Or I feel like you're a big, like, oh, I've said its name. Or even talking about yesterday I put it in the would you rather hang out with the devil or God. Mm-hmm. 
I I could feel you being uncomfortable. Yeah, it's like stop talking about the devil. Right, well, he so pops up on the couch. He's like, so don't want to hang out, huh? Who? Yeah. <laughs> D evil. <laughs> I guess you say his name a couple times <laughs> and see what happens. But it has been fun. I, I just- God damn it! <laughs> My fucking jaw popped. (laughs) This is what's great about having two guys do a podcast while one more is in the office. Matt just runs in and scares the shit out of big country. (laughs) Are we almost done today? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It was a good time. Big country, I love you. Oh, man. Uh, So, yeah, scary stuff. Going on. That All really the- hurt. My jaw like popped. <laughs> I can see you. Did you see me? Sweating. See me put my hands up though to fight? <laughs> no, that wasn't to cover my. I saw eyes. that chair go backwards though. <laughs> like, where's the nearest exit? <laughs> oh my god, that's Jason Bourne. He knows where every exit is in this building. <laughs> you were about to jump through a window. Uh. This is why we had to move out of our second story office. Because we knew if you got scared, you might just bolt for a window. <laughs> and then we had to put bars on these windows to keep you safe. <laughs> that one got you pretty good. <laughs> oh, no, that one, that legitimately terrified me. Because I didn't see the door opening. It was just the, <laughs> woo, woo, woo. that was the other thing, like just the barking sound. That one gets you a lot. <laughs> uh, um, thank you. That was, I needed that one. My heart is racing. <laughs> today. Uh, we also did have sports on last night. And the one that I'm really most interested in are the, the Nick Saban comments from yesterday. It started to kind of pick up some steam last night um, while everyone was incredibly scared. Well, mainly just you, big country. Uh, but he had some comments to make about Texas A&M. And he said, uh, you know, we finished second in recruiting last year. Everybody knows who finished first. You can read it in the papers, blah, blah, blah. It was Texas A&M. And they paid, he said everybody on their team, I think what he meant is everybody in that recruiting class got some money, and then Alabama still finished second. We did it the right way. And then made some other comments about how he didn't know if that was sustainable, if they could continue to have successful recruiting classes without name, image, likeness, money. We'll see what happens. I I think all that's true. I, I hate yeah. to be biased against Texas A&M. I, I try to not do that. But I do think it's true. If everybody else is going to pay these players in these recruiting classes, it's going to be tough for Alabama. And the way that I read it, I did the Nick Saban interpretation. This is Nick Saban saying, y'all are fucked if we start paying players too. If if this is the road you want to go down, this is what you want to do in college football, you're fucked if we start doing it. And we've seen it before with Nick Saban. Uh, He he complained a a long time ago about up-tempo offenses. Like, oh, I just don't think that you can win that way, blah, blah, blah. I made some comments. Then he started doing it. Then he hired Lane Kiffin, and it's taken off. I mean, for years it was, man, what would Alabama be if they had a quarterback? <laughs> now they've got, it. they've got one every year, <laughs> and it's been tough. And then, you know, he even made uh, complaints about the transfer portal, and that's not the way college athletics is supposed to work and things like that. They started doing it, and they've dominated it. And I think this is the warning to like college football. It's pretty much like, hey, you either need to change this and we're all going to play on a level playing field or Alabama's going to start doing it and then you guys are all really fucked. Like, you, well, you it's just good now. Just wait. And that and the fact that he's just so calm about like, yeah, we finished second while Texas A&M paid everybody. Like, Texas A&M just came out and flat out paid everybody. That's why they're number one. We're still doing what we do. Like We just did our normal process and ended up second. So we still have plenty of success here on doing things our way and the way we normally go about it and the way we handle our season and play football here at the University of Alabama. But if you want to start throwing in money on these recruits, yeah, game over for you guys. Mm-hmm. You're toast. In Alabama, like some of their guys, I saw a lot of people tweeting last night in like some replies and things like that, that um, Alabama or Nick Saban was you know bragging and kind of boasting earlier about, oh, my quarterback has made – almost seven figures, mm-hmm. and now you're going to shit on Texas A&M. It is a little bit different because, uh, assuming what Nick Saban said is honest, they're not doing it through their collectives. They're not having boosters be like, hey, let's pull some money together, and we're going to give 
like $30 million to a recruiting class, which is that's allegedly what happened at Texas A&M. This recruiting class got about 30 to $35 million together and started paying recruits. And Nick Saban is saying, you know, let these kids make money, but go do it their own way. Kind of like what we've talked about, too. Mm-hmm. And that's the way that I, I feel like it should go as well. Um, and, you know, for Texas A&M, I don't know why they don't just come out and say, like, yeah, we did it. We did the collective thing. We've got a shitload of money, and we can pay these recruits. Yep. They went from having, like, one five-star recruit since Jimbo Fisher's there to having, like, five in the last recruiting cycle. Yep. I want to know how much those players individually got. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because surely you were kind of splitting it up towards like, oh, you know, we'll give some money to a four-star, you know. Yeah. A couple of those or whatnot. But then like, how much did the five-stars get? Yeah. Like two, three million? Easy? God. And I the other assume. thing I wonder is, like, did they get it all at one time? Is it over yeah. Is it over your stint at Texas A&M? I, I, would, I would want it all at once. Because I feel like it would just be, mm-hmm. and again, like, you get a, a kid that's, you know, 17, 18 years old coming into your university and all of a sudden it's like, bam, I got $2 million in my bank account. Fuck this, dude. I've already made it. Yeah. Like, I'm, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, you know. Well, like, you see wanna, it with NFL players even. like they Want to be the best. Want to be good. But it's like, it's going to be hard to keep yourself motivated when you're already making a million dollars at 18 years old. Mm-hmm. Just. <sighs> it, uh, that's where, you know, some of them will separate. So you'll probably get some kids that maybe – get a little bit of money in their hands and they're not as motivated or, you know, maybe they're not eligible. Uh, we'll find out in the next couple of years. I, I do think that there will still be a lot of kids that are like, all right, this is just a stepping stone. Mm-hmm. Now, I've helped out my family. I still have NFL aspirations or, you know, Heisman Trophy goals and all that stuff. I, I do like the fact that the kids are getting paid. But I also I tend to agree with Nick Saban on this one too. And, again, it, this is the whole just wait. Like, you guys want to pay recruits. We can do that. We can dip into our donors and boosters and collectives. We can, we can do that. We follow the rules for the first year. You guys want to do it the second year? You're gonna get fucked. <laughs> How much do you think they'd spend? Uh, Texas A&M is so rich, and they they did thirty to thirty-five. But I feel like they kind of did thirty to thirty-five on the hush. They they weren't like really <laughs> marking in it or being like you know hey. We need money. They yeah. weren't sending those emails of like, your donation could go to this five-star <laughs> athlete. Um, so I don't know. I think that the Texas A&M's and Alabama's LSU, I think they could easily get $50 million a year if they really wanted to. I don't know if they will. And now with things kind of changing, um, they probably won't be able to. But it is, it's just kind of wild to see, again, what's happening with college football. And even, you know, the Pac-12 yesterday. They've already decided we're going to do away with divisions. Like this was an option, and then they already immediately. They're usually kind of slow on yeah. change too. Like you're, they're usually like the last. They'll talk to the Big Ten and be like, "What are you guys doing? What are you thinking? How are you handling the pandemic?" Uh-huh. Yeah, we were thinking that too. Uh, let's go. <laughs> you guys want to do it together? You want to you make that happen? That's how the Pac-12 usually works. Um, I'm fine with this though. Doing away with the divisions. And for the championship games, I think a lot of people, I think the ACC is going to be quick behind it and the SEC as well, especially once they expand. But I think this is a good idea for the Pac-12 specifically. Maybe now you stop cannibalizing yourself so badly. Yes. And maybe you can actually get a team into the college football playoff. (laughs) Or it's just going to be, I mean, even looking at their division, honestly, I don't think it's going to make that much of a difference. You're probably still going to have USC – Utah. Out of the south in Utah. And then in the north, it's still going to be like, it's Oregon. But those are probably the three best Is teams. Is UCLA in the south too? Yep. Yeah. Because yeah. they kind of came on strong last year towards the end. Or maybe it was the, at some point they didn't look awful. And they just. Yeah. Right. But I mean, the Pac-12, Pac-12 is still. UCLA in that sissy blue, right? <laughs> right. Isn't that how that goes? Uh, that's one of my favorite wins of all time. I hate Coach O, as most of you. Go down. Probably no. Um, LSU doing a pretty good job on the recruiting path too, though. Post Coach O, Brian Kelly, there probably going to be able to do. Are they throwing out money as well? I'm assuming. It's hard to tell. I would assume. I I would think that they'd be able to get money together and do that, Um, but I don't know for sure. Yeah. But that's what's happening with the world of college football. Let's move on to some basketball, but first, let's mention Roper Kia, a great sponsor of ours. Check out their inventory. If they don't have the car of your dreams, 
They will help you find it. And if you mention us here at Mike Up, they're going to give you $1,000 off your nicer, newer ride. Again, that's Roper Kia. All you have to do, mention us here at Mike Up, get $1,000 off your nicer, newer ride. Absolutely. Next up is going to be Gunspot. Make sure to visit them at gunspot.com for all your gun and ammo needs. No reserved auctions every single week. And one of the best parts about the website is there's no hidden fees when you go to check out so you don't even have to worry about it. Also, it's not a matter of if, it is a matter of when danger could arise. Make sure you put yourself in a position to protect you and your family, and you can do so with gunspot.com. Position. You're nailing that one. No more positions over here, Bob. You're niffing the fuck out of it, but that I've just accepted. I'm just. I think you should. I think I'm a niff a, guy. You it's know, it's a staple of the show. It's so who they, I this is. might be somebody's like first or second time listening, and they're like, "I think he said niff," and then they're going to catch on. This is a thing. <laughs> it's not done on purpose. It's just how I talk. <laughs> <laughs> it's a thing. <laughs> Uh, again, uh, it's, like, uh, Morgan it's just how I be. <laughs> uh, we did have basketball on last night, and man, uh, just another big letdown game, to be honest. This was like going back to those game sevens all over again. I just want a good basketball game in the playoffs. Yeah. And it feels like it's been forever. It's been like a couple days since we've seen a good one, but you get the Mavs and the Warriors again. Uh, the Warriors came out, and they're just on fire. Uh, they were hitting everything. And then on the other side, the Mavericks, nothing. And, you know, a lot of people have said it, myself included, they're a a live or die by the three team. Last night they died by the three. They had so many open looks that, uh, you know, even like Luka, he was was all right. He struggled a little bit. But even those other guys like a Brunson and Bullock, Finney Smith, no one could hit open shots. There was one possession where the Mavs came down, got an open three, miss it, get an offensive rebound, pass the ball around a little bit, get another wide-open three, miss it, offensive rebound, get the ball out, another three, miss it again. It just it was not falling for them last night. So I guess it's kind of like the, you know, the Miami Heat game. Game one kind of sucked, but like, let's see what happens yeah. in game two. I, I do think that with Dallas, I don't think they're going to shoot that poorly for the rest of the series. I think eventually some of those shots are going to fall. Hell, Jalen Bronson went over 5 from 3 last night. Luka went 3 of 10, which is not too terrible, but it's not good either. And then as a, as a team, they went 11 of 48. 22%. Shot very poorly last night. And I guess you could say congratulations to the Warriors and their defense. I thought they did a pretty damn good job. We were talking about it a little bit. Uh, having guys like uh, Pat Beverly and asking him, hey, how do you defend Luka? <laughs> Nobody knows. Uh, Andrew Wiggins did it last night, though. He was the primary defender on Luka yeah. and did a, a very good job. Did he stop him, or was it just nice that he was missing shots? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. Because I feel like that's where it's like, okay, he slowed him down and stopped him. You know, Warriors won, but it's like, okay, he, hit, he hits most of those shots. Like We're used to seeing those go in. If he hits those, does that kind of change the narrative on Andrew Wiggins playing defense against Luka? It's also just the fact that you put up 48 three-pointers. And when you look at the Warriors, who are predominantly a three-point shooting team, as we know, only shot 29 of them. Yeah. You know, they didn't shoot too great either. 10 of 29, that's still, you know, you're still happy with those 30 points. They're shooting 34%. But it's just like, I don't know, everyone scored on the Warriors. I think, what, they have six or seven players that scored in double digits last night. They're starting five and two off the bench. Like these guys, everyone was, you know, a part of the game and scoring and making an impact. And when you look at the, the Mavericks, it's really just kind of Luka. And, you know, there's a couple other guys that come off the bench there, Denwitty again, but it's just outside of that, there's just no one consistent. But that's what the Warriors have been this entire playoff series. Or not this series, I mean, just the playoffs in general. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like you have one night where you lose by 20 points, you'll come back the next night, and you'll win by 20 points. I saw a stat last night that the Mavericks are the first team in NBA history to have at least three games where you win, uh, three games in the playoffs where you win by 20 points, and three games in the playoffs when you lose by 20 points. That's insane. That's why I dubbed them as dead in their last series. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought they were. Um, it, was, it was not a very entertaining game. I even at one point uh, started watching the Royals game last mm-hmm. night because it was just it was done for. Hopefully game two is a little bit better. Uh, watching Jordan Poole this playoffs is, has been very entertaining, though. 
Uh, I was late to the hype and even like, just to be honest, I kind of questioned it. Like you guys are really building up this dude. Like let's pump the brakes and see if he's actually pretty good. Mm -hmm. I think he's pretty good. (laughs) He's changing my mind for sure. Another couple things that I noticed with this game and I even put it in the rundown and talked about it a little bit. Luca slowed down. I don't want to say stopped. You didn't shut him down. He still dropped yeah. like 20. Uh, slowed down by Andrew Wiggins. It worked, but why isn't Draymond Green guarding Luka Doncic? A guy who has deemed himself the greatest defensive player of all time, and you're not even guarding the superstar on the other team in the Western Conference Finals. So probably need to walk back those comments there, Drake. <laughs> Who I like, he's an entertaining dude, but it just that doesn't sit right with me. You can't be this like all time defensive stopper and then not be the primary defender on Luca. And it's not like you can't even go to like, oh, they play different positions, but they're the same size. They're both like six six, two forty. I guess when you put it that way, that makes sense. You know, like, oh, I'm sorry that Draymond is a center or whatever you want to list him at. That's that whole like, oh, one through five thing. You're the best defender of all time. Do it. So I want to see more of that. Huh. Or walk back to comment, which will not happen. But if you're going to deem yourself, if you're like, this is my Tyree Kill thing too. If you're going to say you're the fastest guy in the NFL, you've got to be willing to race. Yeah. If you're going to say you're the greatest defender of all time, you've got to be the guy that's guarding Luka Doncic. Because there's nobody, it's not like they have a one-two punch on the Mavericks to where it's like, ah, actually Draymond's a better fit against who I don't even honestly know who he's guarding in this series. I'm gonna assume it's probably Bullock or excuse me, uh, Finney Smith, Dorian right. Finney Smith, their power forward. Even then, that's not even like a great matchup. Because, like, so. The other thing with the Warriors is they don't really have anyone else that has much size. Like, really, their big guys are Looney, the center, and then Draymond Green. Like, mm-hmm. That's really it. They don't really have any other big guys that can kind of come in and. And they go with that small lineup so much. Yes. That, uh, Looney played pretty well last night. I think that's why his minutes were up. Uh, but usually, you know, the guys that they have out there, it's going to be Draymond Green, Andrew Wiggins, Clay Thompson, Jordan Poole, and Steph Curry. I mean, Scores. you're getting a lineup where your tallest guy is 6'7". And it's very hard for teams to guard. But even in that situation, I guess you maybe you have to put Draymond on anybody out there that's kind of big. But even the, the Mavericks don't even have anybody that's – super big to where you're like, ah, Draymond's got to match up with him. Like Dwight Powell, sorry, he's irrelevant. <laughs> you don't need <laughs> to match him up against anyone, and he didn't even see a lot of minutes. But I don't know. It's just that's one of my things. If you're going to deem yourself the greatest at something, you better be willing to do it. And maybe it is a little bit out of his hands, but at the same time, somebody's looking at that and saying, actually, Andrew Wiggins is a better matchup here against Luka. Well, okay. You can't be the greatest defender of all time. That title might need to go to, like, Gary Payton. So now you're going to say this, and he's going to come guard him next game, and he's just going to get annihilated. Like, I, that's kind of what I Draymond hope for. Draymond is? I hope, I hope Draymond guards him, and Luca's like, thank God. See ya. I'm going to go <laughs> ahead and get this quick one step right around you. Yep. Yeah. I'm also a big, if you're good at something, you'll tell everyone about it. If you're great at something, everybody will tell you about it. Bingo. And so declare yourself like the greatest defensive player of all time. He's a very, very good defensive player. And if you're making like an all-defensive team all time, he's probably on there. He might be on team two, but he's probably on there. He is getting a little bit older, but at the same time, it's like if you're so great at it, guard the one guy on the other team. Yeah. (laughs) Or in the NBA Finals, if they make it there, you better be guarding Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, or Jimmy Butler. I don't think yeah. he will be, though. <laughs> is Andrew Wiggins the greatest defender of all time now? <laughs> Maybe so. Either that or Luke is not as good as we thought he was. Hmm. I don't think that's it. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> I mean, again, still dropped 20 points in quite the scratch on his face, too. I was very surprised by that. Watching the game last night, he goes to the free throw line, and I'm like, nobody's even talking about that. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty gnarly scratch. Yeah. Again, I'm not a tell-me-about-your-injuries kind of guy, but I love it when players like go to the foul line, and he's not like flailing on the floor. He's not like wiping the blood or anything like that. He's just like, I'm good. It wasn't much of a scratch, like the play that happened, but it did. It looked pretty bad. It was cool. He looked like Kylo Ren out there. Yes. And he's still, 
he played okay. <laughs> I did like the fact that he walked off the court after them getting blown out, and he's just smiling. Like, just like, yeah, we got our ass kicked, but uh, see you next game. He's got to wait for somebody to talk some shit. 100%. And That's the Luka like, special. Yeah, now I'm away. Dropping 40. I did also see a lot of people yesterday. There was a picture of Luca floating around where him and Boban were at a restaurant, and he was drinking a beer before the game. And a lot of people thought that was that it happened yesterday. Apparently, or maybe allegedly, it's an older picture, and it was not from yesterday. But I think even TMZ put it out like, here's Luca and Boban. Luca's having a beer on the day of a game. <laughs> Why is that a big deal? It shouldn't be. No, even if it was yesterday. Like, oh, he has a beer with lunch. I, I think he's still going to be fine. Yeah, it's just a beer. It's not like it's just going to like kill him or hurt him. Again, guys play football, basketball while high <laughs> and claim that it helps them. But Luca can't have a beer. Like, what is his official height and weight? He's like 6'7", 240 probably. Size wise, I'm six not... foot seven, two hundred and thirty pounds is what Luka Doncic. He weighs two thirty. Jeez. One beer is not affecting him. No. I don't care how often you drink. At that and point, if, if it's just one, you're just drinking it for the taste. And if you're a beer at lunch guy, you can drink. You're not going to be like, oh, I'm going to have one beer at lunch, and then oh, I'm feeling a little tipsy off this one. Yeah. No, you you're a guy that has put a few away. In your day, even though he's only like 23 years old, allegedly. That's another move that just proves he's not 23. 23-year-olds, not many of them out here having a beer with lunch. Yeah. <laughs> he's 25. Is he, though? <laughs> that's, still, that's another one of those, like, is he 25? Or did he just show up with, like, a piece of paper that's like, I'm 12? <laughs> you're right. Uh, are you sure about that? Because you're already 6'3". <laughs> uh, I don't know. There uh, Apparently, there's a lot of... Um, like pictures, he has all the like birth certificates and everything that confirm his age and birthday. Uh, but he just doesn't look 23 years old. I mean, good for him. He looks like he's probably 28 years old. We look like we're the same age, really. <laughs> 26. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You guys look like you're the all same right. age. 26. Sure. Uh, Marcus Smart also supposed to make his uh, reappearance tomorrow. I'm looking forward to that one, too. Again, I'm, I guess I'm kind of rooting for the Celtics. I'm kind of rooting for the Mavericks. Overall, I'm rooting for good basketball, though. Yeah, and last night, it just it definitely wasn't it. And like you said, with tonight, you know, we get Celtics and Heat again, Marcus Smart, hopefully getting to play. It's going to be interesting to see what Jimmy Butler looks like with Marcus Smart on the floor. Like, how much does he slow him down? And, you know, he was – I shouldn't – he was recorded saying – like, hey, I don't even think I'm going to shoot a three next game. Like, I'm going to go zero for zero next game for three-point line because I just want to bang bodies. I want to see who gives up first. I want to see who's willing to be physical and keep attacking. And I was like, well, that's really cool, Jimmy. I'd love to hear that. But don't kill yourself trying to get back to the finals. And we get another one of those iconic pictures of you leaned over a sponsorship right. tower freaking gasping for air. Huh. I don't know. That's a bold move. That's – that's almost like putting the bulletin board stuff up there. Like, oh, but at the same time, bodies? here you go. That's how Jimmy Butler's always been. So, like, just understanding that, like, I love it. And then it's also going to be, how do the Celtics respond? Mm-hmm. How do the Celtics respond being called out in terms of just, we're, let's stay physical. Let's keep this up. Because that's what I want to know is, like, do they turn into that physical mindset where they are ready to fight and be nitty-gritty, or do they just kind of want to have a fast-paced game and they have some splash plays that continue, that continue to happen and score on big runs? Can you slow down the game and attack the basket again and again and again and again? Because it sounds like that's what Jimmy Butler wants to do. But What's also Jimmy up? Butler knows i got about three guys that can shoot the three I was just saying, what's Kyle Lowry's deal? Is he playing? Uh, he's got a strained hamstring. He tried to come back last series, and he restrained it. So I think he's out for a little bit. But I haven't heard anything in terms of an update for anything. Yeah, I haven't seen him he come back and play. Active tonight. I was trying to look it up real quick, but I don't know. He has, he's just been out for so long that he's not even really on my radar anymore. Yeah. Like, oh, he, maybe he'll come in and make a difference. He'll uh, come in in the finals or something, probably game seven and just shit He's listed bed. as out. Yeah. yeah, it's that hamstring. I don't. I think it's his right one. But and then Al Horford listed his day to day. Marcus Smart listed his day to day, as well, according to ESPN. But I, I, 
I thought I saw earlier this morning, it sounds like Marcus Smart is going to play. I think that's a huge difference maker, obviously. Yep. He's the defensive player of the year. Uh, but looking forward to those games. Also, the NBA kicking around a couple ideas that I am a fan of, and that's the in-season tournament. I have no oh, yeah. idea what it's going to look like. How you get players motivated to want to play in it, but I think it's a cool idea. Try it out. If it flops, nobody likes it, well, don't do it again. Yep. But if it's cool, let's keep rolling with it. Well, they're going to get a sponsor, and it's going to be by State Farm or Kia. I can tell you that right now. And then it's going to take off. So, it's, I mean, they kind of pretty much did the same thing with the play on the playing game. Where it's mm-hmm. like, okay, sweet, here we go. This is sponsored. We're making millions off of it. Extra playoff tickets. Let's go. Owners like it. Now, like you said, how do you incentivize the players to kind of keep their interest in it and want to play at a high level of the tournament in the middle of the season? I don't know. Can you do it in terms of like home Get rid court of these advantage? old heads who just want to do game management and <laughs> sit games. Well, this is like this is to hope. Get rid of that mentality, right? Mm-hmm. Or it's like, okay, hey, you're just missing regular season games. You're playing in the tournament. And I don't know. I don't know what the best idea is to to get these guys motivated or interested in the regular season because there's so many now that where you have like almost your established teams that they, they don't give a shit about the regular season. Does a million dollar make a difference to these guys? No, not I don't think most of them. You know, you've got players out there making forty seven million dollars a year. Or like uh, Kyrie Irving just being like, actually, I'm going to take a week off. I mean, he's not getting paid for that. <laughs> you know, or you know, the Ben Simmons thing, I guess, is kind of different. But I don't know that uh, like a, a trophy, a ring, or anything like that, that's not going to matter for the regular season. Yeah. It, which, it, it'll be fun. I wonder if they're going to like, if they're going to actually have playoff seeding. Like, you're going to have a one seed versus an eight. Yeah, I mean, What's it's surely with the tournament style. But at the same time, it's like, how can you have it make an impact for the playoffs heading into the finals? Yeah. Like, that's where the incentivization is going to have to come from. Like, if I'm LeBron and, you know, I've got that sore ankle or whatever and I'm thinking about not playing, I'm not going to look at this in-season tournament and be like, better suit up. Now it means more. Now I'm going to actually do it. I don't. You almost have to make it, like, worth something for playoff seating. You know, like the Major League Baseball tried to do a couple of years ago with the all-star game of like, Hey, whoever wins, it gets home field advantage in the world series. Like you almost have to do something like that. Like, I don't know. It's a tiebreaker in seating. So I don't know. Yeah. A guaranteed spot in the playoffs. That's pretty, that would be interesting actually. Mm -hmm. But I mean, then you're getting teams like (laughs) the San Antonio Spurs out there who actually care about this tournament, which they probably would anyway, but you know, that actually be really cool. A lot of people would be upset. Because let's say you finish the season at like nine. It's like, well, fuck the playing games. I'm already here. Now you're the playing tournament's only for one spot, not the last two. Not for seven and eight, just for eight. Yeah, if you win the regular season tournament, maybe you bump up a seat. Yeah. Uh, like if you finish the regular season and you're the seventh seed, which should be a play-in game. Uh, but you won the regular season tournament, so now you're bumped up to the sixth. I don't we know. just figured it out. I have yeah. no idea what the Or if you're you know, the second seed and you win that tournament, right, you're now right. the one seed. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or like even Hell the, yeah. the 11th seed, like, hey, actually, we remember, we won the tournament. Now we're in the play-in game again. So I guess maybe that's the best way that I've thought of in the last 10 minutes on how to do it. But I'm, I'm sure the NBA will have something creative. A lot of people are going to be very upset about it because it's new, and then we're going to catch on, kind of figure out the rules and the way that it works. And then be like, nope, this is fine. We're good. Like it here. Let's do this. Um, Also, another rule change that kind of popped up yesterday that I'm looking forward to uh, is a foul that stops a fast break could result in one free throw and possession. I hate this foul. When you get a guy at half court Mm -hmm. and it's like, oh, he's about to go one-on-one with this dude in the lane. But then you get a quick foul and it stops that. I mean, you are taking away one of the most exciting plays in your game. Yep. It would be like just calling a foul on like a deep pass attempt in the NFL. Like, actually, you're not getting the 15 yards or the spot foul. We're just going to replay that. Yeah. Uh, so taking away that fast break is terrible. I hate watching it, especially in the playoffs. Uh, I don't remember who it was even just the other night. I got the ball at half court, and again, it's just a quick foul. Just like, hey, grab that guy before he takes yeah. off. I hate it. So maybe I want to see give him one free throw attempt and then possession of the ball. Maybe that changes things. 
Yep. But again, the NBA doing a, a wonderful job, I think, of trying to grow the game and kind of correct some of the things that are not good about it. Yeah, and it, the game looks a lot more, I, want, I don't want to say realistic, but just like the pace of play is better when you're not giving these ticky-tacky fouls all the time to some players. Mm-hmm. Like with James Harden. You know, you're not going to the free throw line 20 times a night. Like, you're not getting that stupid, like, ugh, go to the foul. You know what I mean? We're not getting that crap anymore. Yeah. And this right here, like you said, it is one of the best plays of basketball because it's cool to see two players that are in the NBA go one-on-one. See if you can get a stop defensively. This is what we did as kids growing up the whole time playing basketball. Let's just go one-on-one right here. Let's see what you can do. So let's see. We never get to see one-on-ones in the NBA. Like, yeah, there's there's ISO plays and stuff like that, but you're going to have a backside defender that comes well, in. You'll get a fast break, but it's it's cool because they're so wide open, but it's mm-hmm. not like, like you said, like a one-on-one situation. Yeah. But you, you're still getting a lot of those exciting dunks and things like that. Yep. Or even you get a guy trailing and you pop out for three. Uh, I just I want to see more of that. And yep. again, the NBA, I think, does a wonderful job. Yeah. I think they're probably the best run professional sports association. It's hard to argue that because when they see something that needs change, they act on it. Mm-hmm. They don't spend six months talking about it and let it be like the focal point of the news and then say, oh, not going to change it actually. Yeah. Like even the load management stuff, I think that's probably one of the biggest issues. They're clearly trying to do something with that with the in-season tournament. Uh, so I applaud them for doing that. Like the flopping, they've tried to do that to where like, you can get a warning if you flop. So I, I do think that any time they see something like, wait, fans don't like this, let's immediately try to change it. Like in the NFL, I still don't – I'll see a play and I still don't know if the guy technically caught the ball. <laughs> I've been watching football my entire life. Played it a lot. And sometimes I'll be like, well, yeah, clearly that's a catch. Yep. Or a fumble. Be like, oh, no, he had the ball the whole time. That's not a fumble. And then the ruling's different. And they're like, well, according to the rule book, I'm like, what the fuck are you watching? Are we watching the same sport anymore? They're just trying to make so it too, too technical. It's like, oh, well, this is the way we wrote it out. So this is how we have to, you know. Or putting by. terminology in there like, oh, he has to make a football move. And then every time you get Tony Romo on there discussing what is an actual football move. Well, uh, I, I don't know, Jim. I don't know. <laughs> you see that ball right there? It doesn't have white stripes on it, Jim. You might not notice that, but it's all brown, actually. We've got a mama football. We've got a daddy football. Uh, you know, another thing I didn't put on the rundown, but I saw yesterday, Ari Miroff, Mr. My Sports Update, posting that games in, what was it, 2023 mm-hmm. are now going to be open, and it's no longer going to be just like the NFC plays on Fox, the AFC plays on CBS. And the games are going to be essentially free agents. Uh, why is no one talking about that information? I think that's super cool. I feel like it's going to change the way we watch games too. Like I, I don't know if like I'm kind of annoyed with it, and I don't know if it's because it's just going to change things up. But it is going to be very annoying to go to CBS and see the fucking yeah. Cowboys playing whoever. Like no, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not here yeah. for Cowboys on CBS. That's. You know, in our area, it's the Kansas City Chiefs, it's the Denver Broncos, it's the New England Patriots, the Miami Dolphins. Those are the AFC teams that I want to see here. The Tennessee Titans, you know what I mean? I'm not coming to CBS to watch the Cowboys. Like, that has just been fine. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if you're CBS, it's like, well, actually, we would kind of like to have that Dallas market. Yeah, and it's we would like to kind of spread that out. A learning, like an adjustment, because it's so easy now to just be like, all right, I know my team plays on. CBS. Mm-hmm. Now I just have to check the time and see when they do it. Now it's going to be like, wait, what channel are they playing on? And that isn't a thing that we've talked about before, is it's the NFL, they're making it more difficult for for fans to find their games. Yep. And now it's going to be like, oh, okay, is it on Amazon? No. Oh, is it on NBC? Like, where is the game being played? But we'll get used to it eventually again. And Everybody will pay for the streaming and everything that we have to do because the NFL is too big. They can just say what they want to do, and yeah. we follow suit. We've been doing it for free that. long enough. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, but uh, we'll see what happens with that. I, I do think it is kind of cool. Uh, Jimbo Fisher is doing like a press conference right now, and he's he's going in on Nick Saban. And that really? is a bold move. Uh, yeah, I was just kind of scrolling through Twitter. I keep getting these like alerts and things. And Jimbo Fisher even said this about Nick Saban. Uh, Nick Saban called him, and Fisher said, I didn't take the call. We're done. Is he the greatest ever? 
uh, when you have all the advantages, it's easy. <laughs> That's going to come back to bite you, Jimbo. I just saw 59 seconds ago Jimbo said, I don't mind confrontation. <laughs> I would still take Nick Saban in a fight over Jimbo Fisher. Didn't Texas A&M beat Alabama last year? So that just kind of adds to it, too, on like, hey, we're not fucking scared of you. I think they might have, or they got close. Were they the they, team that beat Alabama? I think they did. Because that's been. the thing with Alabama, though, is like they, they're understanding and they have the mindset, but like everyone fears Alabama. Everybody is scared of them. It's like I remember being in school when we played a, a local school. They were just good at everything they did. And by the, when you would play them in a tournament, it was like the first quarter, it was just nerves of like, oh, my God, we're playing this school. These guys are good. By the time you get to the halftime, it's like, wait, these guys are just like, we're on the same level, but we just spent you know a quarter and a half being kind of scared and hesitant that we didn't play to our best ability. And then you get to the second half, it's like, okay, this is a basketball game, but you're spending all this time catching up. I feel like that's how everyone is with Alabama. And then you look at Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M, it's like, we don't give a fucking shit who you are. Ooh, Crimson Tide? But Texas A&M this. Watch yeah. this. We're just going to Aggie. I don't know what you can say about the Aggies. We're just, we're the freaking Texas A&M Aggies, and we're going to go play some football. So, like, if you're a Texas A&M fan and whether, whatever your thoughts are on Jimbo Fisher, he's clearly not scared of Nick Saban. At some point, though, there are people out there that love that. Like, oh, we're yeah. not scared of anything. For sure. And I don't think Jimbo Fisher is. I think he probably should be, but I don't think he is. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is a funny one, though. I don't, I'm not a Jimbo Fisher guy. I, I think he's probably actually pretty scummy. And then when people call him out on it, he's like, oh, I'm going to call you out for you also being scummy. Uh, Jimbo Fisher quoted as saying, I don't cheat, I don't lie. <laughs> hey, you left that Florida State program in pretty bad shape, actually. Yeah. And then even with the whole like the recruiting stuff, everyone knows that they had a collective paying recruits. So did a lot of other people. But Jimbo Fisher will sit there and just deny, deny, deny. And just come out and be honest. Jimbo, tell these recruits that you do have a lot of money. Maybe word it differently. You don't have to admit to the collective. But you can admit, like, yeah, Texas A&M has a lot of money. Our players can get a hold of some of it. Uh, but it does feel like – I thought this would kind of blow over, just to be honest. Uh, it doesn't seem to be doing that. I did see already people putting out last night, Texas A&M and Alabama play on October 8th. So that one probably already going to be exciting. The problem is, though, like, I, I do respect the whole, like, we're not afraid of Alabama. We can beat anybody on our schedule. Mm-hmm. Alabama looks so damn good again this year. And A&M didn't look great last year when they had a loaded roster. <laughs> and so we'll see. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to go at Alabama and you're going to go at Nick Saban, you better be ready to get it done. Well, it's some of these other comments that he's putting out there. Like, he also followed up, you know, the whole comment of, like, we didn't buy recruits. Like, it's a shame that we have to do this. It's really despicable. We've never bought anybody. This is from Bruce Feldman on Twitter. Quoting Jimbo Fisher, Jimbo Fisher is still lighting into his old boss, Nick Saban, calling him a narcissist. Some people think they're God. Go dig into his past and, and how he's done things. The SEC is wild. Like, that is nuts. And then he follows it up with parody. There's never been parody. Certain people never follow the rules anyways. Is this guy straight out? Is Jimbo Fisher coming out saying that Nick Saban has been cheating? I don't if, know. I don't know what he's getting at. If that's the case, dig into his background. Let's go. Where's Steve Sarkeesian? Hey, has there, no, actually, Steve Sarkeesian, stay out of it. No need, because you were just there, and yeah. you might be doing the same thing at Texas. Like, just he's he's not invited to that party. He's not yeah. big enough to be included there. Brian Kelly is somewhere thinking, like, oh shit, these guys are really going at it. Yeah, this is what the SEC is all about. I'm gonna go get my family. <laughs> Dang it, I was gonna do that. <laughs> like, and my family gonna stay here in Louisiana. <laughs> we didn't talk like this at Notre Dame in the Independence Conference. Uh, we didn't actually know that these guys uh, hated each other. Uh, God bless. I mean, go tag us. <laughs> what's weird too is even with Jimbo Fisher, like going off today, he's usually been pretty like, high praise of a guy like Nick Saban. Mm-hmm. Worked with him before, uh, so it is. It's it's entertaining. To say the least, um, also entertaining is Club 609. Hop in there for their great happy hour. 2 o'clock until 8 o'clock, two-for-one drink specials. $2 draft pours. If you're one of our local listeners, it's third Thursday. Be aware. It's going to be busy. Main Street going to be shut down. Still a great place to be at Club 609. Absolutely. This is nuts, but something that's not nuts is Downtown Lube. A little nuts and bolts car shop. What's up? 
Pun intended. It is nice. But look at that. <laughs> so downtown lube located right here in the heart of Joplin, Missouri on 1st and Main Street. They do specialize in tires and lube, but they are much more than that. So be sure to visit their website at downtownlube.com for a full list of services. Also, it's not a matter of it is a matter of when you will need your oil change or your tire service. So if you're here in the Four State area and in Joplin, be sure to stop at Downtown Lube for those maintenance needs. And nuts and bolts. Bingo, bingo. All right, let's get to a little bit of our thinking out loud. Thursday, I gotta, I gotta get out of here in like nine minutes. We well, better think speed about up. What I'm gonna say to these little fuckers? Have you not thought about it yet? I would do like the water boy thing, you know, when he's talking, and then LT is there at his camp. He's like, which brings me to my next point: don't smoke crack. I'm gonna turn it into <laughs> a dare opportunity today. I'm auditioning for the dare officer role. Are you just gonna hand out a bunch of piece of papers and be like, hey? I want you to pledge that you're never going to do any of this yeah, stuff. Yeah, you signed you're this gonna piece of sign paper it. today. This purity sheet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I probably will not be doing that. I'm going to have them all uh, download, review, subscribe to the Mic'd Up podcast. That'd be fucking hilarious. <laughs> Are yeah. you really? We, we don't have very many reviews, actually. Yeah, we don't. We need – well, because we put everything through Colin, which is fantastic. Uh-huh. So yeah, still go review on Apple and Spotify. And Spotify, yeah. Only the good ones though. Only the five stars. That's <laughs> yeah. If you're thinking like, yeah, that's a pretty good show. Like it's a three star. Thanks, but like we'll try to do better. Don't leave that review. Yeah, and make sure tell a friend. Also, Spread thinking out loud Thursday, I've started reviewing products on Amazon, and I think it is absolutely hilarious. Oh my god! Writing reviews, some of them on what purchases. I don't want to say. What did you do? What was that last part though? You what? Some of them have what? Are the confirmed purchases. <laughs> and I will write a review over certain products. And I, I thought it was hilarious. I honestly, I couldn't believe that Amazon let me do that. Good God. <laughs> I'm going to have to go find them because you've sent me plenty of products that I was like, oh, you should get this. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe on Tuesday I'll reveal some of the products I've been reviewing. I, I did want to get this off my chest, though. Uh, we've been talking a lot about Shaq and how just dominant of a player that he's been, really giving him a lot of praise as a player. I can't stand him on TV. I think he's actually terrible. I, he brings nothing to Inside NBA on TNT or whatever the show is called. He, the only time that he says anything of value is when he goes at Charles Barkley. And even last night was like the one that really set me over the top on Shaq. I've never liked him. I didn't like him as a player. I don't like him as a TV personality. I do respect that he's good. I still stand by my he's very dominant comments. But even last night, they were talking about Jimmy Butler and um, Jimmy can get 40 like anytime he wants and all these things. Uh, and then I think it was Charles Barkley made a comment, or maybe it's even Dwayne Wade, of it's going to be a lot different when Marcus Smart is back. Mm-hmm. It's going to be harder to score 40 points with the defensive player of the year out there. And Shaq immediately is like, no, it's not. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> you're putting the, the defensive player of the year back on the court, and you're saying it's not going to be harder to score? So this isn't even me being like anti-Jimmy Butler. He might still drop 40, but it's going to be more difficult Mm -hmm. with Marcus Smart out there. And then he makes every single comment about himself. He'd be like, oh, you think it's harder to score against a defensive player of the year? Look at my numbers against Dikembe Mutombo. Congratulations on having a good game. It's harder to score against good defensive players. He's... He's done a lot of great things. He's a dominant player. I think he's an absolute idiot on TV. It's just stupid comments like that. I haven't paid enough attention to him. Like I never really watched those shows. Like anytime I see anything from their what is it, the Tuesday night or the yeah. Thursday night that they do, like NBA on TV, I don't I, the only time I see anything is when there's clip outs of it. And it's usually from Charles Barkley saying something and everyone else responding to it. Yeah. Like when he leaves, that's that show's gonna take a huge dip. Yep. And I, Shaq is too, I think, uh, depending yeah. on who you bring in there. Um, I assume Draymond Green is eventually going to be at that desk, probably yeah. with Adam Lefko. But I, once Barkley is done, it's you better be a little bit nervous at least because yeah. Barkley is great. And he will say – he'll say some stupid stuff too about super teams. But some of the stuff that Shaq does, I just don't understand. How can you yeah. actually in your brain think 
that having Marcus Smart out there is like going to be a non-factor. Yep. I just don't get it. Even if you're like, oh, I played in Miami for a little while. I love Jimmy Butler. I get that. It's going to be harder with Marcus Smart out there. Or even uh, during the Game 7, well, it was like Game 7 Sunday, mm-hmm. uh, they were talking about Charles Barkley, who in one of the Western Conference Finals dropped 44 points and 24 rebounds in a Game 7 of the Western Conference Finals. Shaq was sitting there like, oh, is that your best game? Is that your best game ever? Are you really trying to discount 44 and 24 in a Game 7 to be like, oh, that's nothing? What? <laughs> fucking pretty goddamn impressive. And Shaq has had some pretty great games himself. Uh, he's never had a performance like that in a Game 7. Yeah. I went and tried to look at some of his best ones. He's got some numbers out there. He's a dominant player. Uh, but even to just like try to shit on Barkley, anytime Barkley says something about, like, uh, you know, I was a good player or anything like that, he'll just be like, you don't have the rings, Chuck. And I absolutely love it when Charles Barkley will say, like, you rode Dwayne Wade and Kobe Bryant's coattails to championships. Yep. <laughs> Which is maybe not 100% true. I mean, it kind of is because he'd come in and not be in With Dwayne Wade, I do think it's true. Oh, 100%. With Kobe, yeah. he definitely contributed. But with Dwayne Wade in that year in the heat, he rode Wade's coattails. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that rubbed me the wrong way. I, I don't like Shaq on TV. Yep. We only got about three minutes left, so my thinking out loud Thursday, and I experienced it this morning, it was just like, you know, what am I going to talk about today? And it was like, boom, it hit me. People sitting in their cars at gas stations that are either smoking a cigarette or just sitting at the gas pump not pumping gas. Creeps me out. The smoking a cigarette, it's whatever, but you're at a fucking gas station, probably not the best idea to just be like lighting one up. Did like in see? any way. It's just – it's so weird. And like living in Kansas City, people used to do it all the time. They would just like hang out at the gas station, like at the pump. And I'd be like, hey, fucking hurry up. I'm over here with on E, my gas light's on. Waiting and you're just line. sitting here scamming credit cards on the other side of the freaking pumps. Get out of here. Did you see my tweet last night? I know you saw the post. There was a fire in our hometown. Mm-hmm. And uh, like the volunteer fire department, we don't have a real one. We have a volunteer fire department. So just like some dudes that have regular everyday jobs show up and they put out a fire if there is one. Yeah. And you'll get other little communities that help out. It happened in our community, like thoughts and prayers to everyone that was affected by it. I couldn't help but notice it. They posted pictures and one of the firemen is smoking a cigarette while putting out a fire. I didn't mention it in my tweet, but that was like one of the first things I saw. And I'm like, I've got to quote tweet this. But then I thought like maybe it's a little bit insensitive to like call out a fireman on smoking. That's that's what my fucking uh, thinking out Thursday was. Do not use the fact that you're a fireman or policeman or anything as a reason where you can be a fucking piece of shit. It's like the umpire. That's exactly where I was going to go today, and I couldn't fucking remember it. And then I hit – this is what hit me with the gas station today. That whole umpire thing at the very end where the wife's like, this is a fireman. He protects your community. I don't give a fucking shit who he is. Don't be a goddamn dick at a freaking 10-year-old baseball game. That shit pisses me off. And, like, I've had people in my family do that. Like, oh, he's a police officer. Cool. He's still a fucking dick and a weirdo. Like, what's it matter? Like, oh, show him some respect. I do respect him. Oh, yeah. But don't be a freaking weirdo. Mm-hmm. And, like, that, that shit just drives me insane. Thinking out loud Thursday, this is where this whole thing started from. I don't I care you fired up what your community service is. We're going to have to if call the fire a, department to put you out. Yeah, because <laughs> if you're a dick, you're a dick. It doesn't matter what you do. Don't use that as, like, some type of, ex- some type of acceptance to act and behave however you want. Yeah, like, oh, well, I'm a nurse. Or, like, almost well, how they – don't be a bitch. Okay. Or how they, like, threaten it. Like, well, when your house is on fire, I'm not going to be there. Well, bitch, guess what? My house ain't catching on fire. And if it is, I hope you don't show up because your dumb ass probably ain't going to be able to put it out anyways. <laughs> Whew. Good episode. Thanks Tell a friend. Us. See you guys uh, tomorrow. <laughs> today, we do appreciate it. Maybe maybe we dive back into that. I feel like you've got a lot to get off your chest now. That, that you- was it. I hadn't spoke or tweeted anything about that video. But that, that ending, like, just was living. To the umpire video. Yes. Yeah. He's a fireman. He protects your community. Well, you're a dumbass, and you just ruined this baseball game. Thanks. Yeah. I would also laugh so hard in her face right there. Uh-huh. Like, I would have said that, in like, right, if you were her and, she, and you said that, I'd just be like, shut up. Yep. I'd have been Thinking it. out loud Thursday. Um, yep. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us early this morning. I do have to get out of here. Uh, 
I'll let you guys know how it goes. Yeah. I'm sure it will probably be nothing. I'm going to put on, like, my professional face. That, I want to go so I can see it, but you requested that I don't, so I'm not going to. I'm going to respect that and not go. But I really want to. I'm also going to run into an ex-girlfriend for the first time in a while. So mm. <laughs> we'll see <laughs> that one What goes. a fantastic <laughs> ending. Brady's going to be listening to this and be like, who? Uh, who? Oh, shit. <laughs> I fucked up. <laughs> yeah, you did. Oh, oh no. big yikes, oh, my guy. Uh, okay, well, we'll come back tomorrow and we'll talk more about it uh, tomorrow at 10 o'clock right here in the call and app. We appreciate you guys joining us today and we will talk to you tomorrow.